and you don't have to be a CEO or a huge influencer. You could be the girl next door and you can have your story told. You can find the Ranch Collective on Facebook and Instagram at Ranch Collective Podcast and can find the website at ranchcollective.weebly.com. You can also email me at pollichcompany at gmail.com. That's P-O-L-I-C-H company at gmail.com. Please leave the podcast or review wherever you're listening and tell your friends about me. It'll help new people find the Ranch Collective, which is the goal. Bonus, it's just me here, so I will do a happy dance whenever I get to find out that new people are listening. Thanks, guys. Hello and welcome to the Ranch Collective podcast. I'm your host, Harley, and today we have a very special pair of guests. I have Kylie and Ricky from the Oklahoma Women's Journal on the show. I actually came across them while screening guests for the other podcast that I co-host, Creative Banter, saw some of the art they were publishing, and has a really distinctly Western style. The journal itself is a collaborative submission-based art magazine out of OKC, and the people behind it are incredible, you guys. We talk a bit about the background and the mission of the journal, but this episode is so much more. The journal itself is so much more than just a magazine. Kylie and I were both victims of some serious bullying during our formative years, and like me, she put her feelings and energy towards creating something collaborative, something that specifically showcases art by women with the story, and I was so honored to be her first podcast and to be able to speak to her and Ricky both about the journal. Bonus. For those who don't know, I'm a huge fan of true crime, so my little murderino ears perked right up listening to Kylie talk about the trafficking issues that affect Oklahoma City because of the intersection of highways 35 and 40 in the middle of the city. But without giving anything else away, here's the interview with Kylie and Ricky from the Oklahoma Women's Journal. Hope you guys all enjoy it. Hey, my name is Ricky Oregon. Uh, I work for the Oklahoma Women's Journal. I am the co-founder and event coordinator. Um, yeah, it's a little bit about me. Okay. Hi, I'm Kylie Hammond. I'm the founder of the Oklahoma Women's Journal. Um, and yeah, <laughs> that's about it. Cool. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so how do you guys know each other and where did the idea kind of come from? So Ricky and I met probably five years ago, actually, at a local um, bar here in the city. He was playing pool and we just kind of made friends and went camping that night. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and yeah, so then, you know, we actually stayed friends for, you know, obviously five years now. And um, turns out he actually went to college with my little sister. So that's how it kind of intertwined, oddly enough. Um, so yeah, then... I came up with this idea about nine months ago after being a chief editor for a cannabis magazine that was here local, locally. And um, it was owned by men and I was the only girl. So I was just, I thought that, you know, I wanted to do something uh, for women because it was just based off of um, just cannabis. And I, it, it was interesting, but I just thought I could do something women and so I just kind of put in my resignation and came up with the idea for a women's magazine and it was initially going to be cannabis um centered and then I kind of changed it over time and it evolved into what it is today as being a submission based kind of women's journal where are you guys from I'm originally from Las Vegas Nevada I come from a uh, small little suburb outside of Oklahoma City called Bethany. I know where Vegas is. I actually went to school in Northern Nevada. I went to school in Reno. Yay. Awesome. Uh, did either of you guys like kind of grow up in the art or publishing industries at all? I actually grew up with parents who were writers. 
So my dad was a writer and my mom always just did poetry. And that was really, we were just always taught to write. So I, I kept, kept a journal since I was 10 years old. So that's really where I got my love for writing from. I didn't ever do anything with journalism. I did want to go to school for it. But honestly, I had friends who went to school for it and they <laughs> didn't like it. So I was like, I can do it without going to school. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. I really didn't grow up in the arts too much. I actually kind of grew up the opposite side of that spectrum, just playing sports my whole life. But I would say once you kind of get out of high school, you stop playing sports, you start to find interest in other things, new interest that, that starts to occupy your time. And when Kylie came up, came to me with this idea, it just kind of opened my eyes just to put myself out there and do new things and try, try new things and get into my artistic side. Publishing, I've never even thought about publishing anything before in my life, but this is, once again, it gives you a chance to do something new. I love that. I grew up in the publishing industry. My dad was a newspaper editor when I was growing up. So for a long time, I thought I wanted to go into journalism. And then I got into college and I was like, those classes sound stupid. So I got a business degree instead. <laughs> Basically, that's exactly what I, yeah. I thought. I, school for journalism. I did actually get all the classes aligned and everything I needed for it. And I was just like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to read a lot because I knew it was about a bunch of reading too. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So Ricky, you're obviously a guy. What made you decide you wanted to work for a women's journal? Like I mentioned earlier, the second she told me about it, I knew it was a can't miss and I just wanted to be a part of it. I was a part of a poetry group that was in Oklahoma City. Basically, now they turned themselves into an entertainment group. And I kind of, you know, doubted myself with that. And I kind of lost interest in it. And I just, I didn't want to lose something else that I knew was a good idea. I knew that I was going to be powerful in the city. Yeah, like I said, I was really nervous at first. You know, me and Kylie talked about this many times. There's situations where I just kind of, I did feel a little weird. You know, these are women that are submitting their stories to us and they come to me directly. And it, it was scary at first, you know, but... The more and more we get out, the more and more we talk to people, the less it's become a thing. And now I know that it's just people don't people don't really care that I'm a guy. They actually they actually love it. <laughs> <laughs> Good balance. Yeah. So you're spreading stories told by women like across uh, several different forms across several platforms. Yes. Where did like the desire to share those stories like to start your own publication come from so whenever i like did the cannabis editing for a bit and then i just i realized i didn't want to work for a bunch of men and i just thought there was this was a, such a cool thing i had never worked for a magazine before and saw how it worked so whenever i worked for them for a short period i kind of cut on real fast and so i just realized you know I, I could do this on my own. And it seemed so simple when I came up with the idea to do my own women's magazine. And then, like I said, it evolved because I realized, you know, I don't, I'm by myself. I don't have a team to back me up right now. So how can I make this something that would be powerful for women, something that they would be drawn to and excited for, but really not have to have like, you know, a journalist working for me, an editor or any of these things, I just wanted to figure out how I could do this on my own. And that's when I started, you know, really thinking about things, researching, and I came up with what, or I came across this journal, actually, that was ran, it was a publication that was ran in Massachusetts from 1870 to 1931 called The Women's Journal. And it was a newspaper that 
Lucy Stone, who was an activist for women. She was a, she just created this journal for female rights and everything back in those days when they didn't have those rights and they, they didn't vote, they couldn't vote back then. And so she basically had the suffrage magazine for those women. And it was just to, you know, have, have like a collective supporting a support system for all those women in the U S at the time that they didn't have anything. So that was their journal for women back then. And so whenever I thought about my name, I was like, I can't take that, but I'll put Oklahoma in front of it. And it will basically be the same thing. And we're going to be talking about kind of the same sort of stuff, but, you know, more evolved because we're in the 20, you know, we're in 2020, but women need this. And we're in a time when feminist feminism and women's rights are still huge right now. And so I was like, you know, why not do that for us now? But, you know, let's, let's see if we can change it up a little bit, but pay tribute to Lucy Stone for what she started and, you know, just bring women together in a, in a very interesting, like unique way. So that's when I thought, you know, why not tell their stories? Why not give them a, a way to feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves and they can submit a story to be printed in an actual magazine. And you don't have to be a CEO or a huge influencer. You could be the girl next door and you can have your story told. So, or, you know, that, that was basically how it evolved into being what it is today. I love all that. That is so cool that you like <laughs> found the suffrage women's journal and you're like, this is, I want to do something that's like similar to this and bring it into relevance today. Like all now. the stuff that women are dealing with now. Yep. I, I love that. How do you narrow down what does or doesn't get selected for publication? So for right now, since it's our first issue that we have yet to launch, um, we're kind of being a little bit more lenient with what we're putting out in our first issue just to gain that momentum with women to show that, you know, you know, show who we are. So we're not being super strict on the first issue. The second issue, we will definitely be a little bit more um, picky about what we let in, but, you know, it's just going to take time. Uh, so it's just really based off of right now getting the first issue out. We just want to get that out uh, and we want women to see what we're doing so they can kind of under have a more understanding Understanding of what it what this journal is and then the second one obviously we're gonna it's gonna just grow it's gonna continue to we're gonna continue to get better and better every issue but right now we're not really we don't have like super high expectations right that, now that's the also reason why we, we set up multiple platforms that's why we set up the instagram and now we just start our twitter and uh excuse me, uh, and our website and also having the magazine itself so we, we also want women to know like don't be discouraged if don't be in the magazine there's 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 plenty of opportunities for us to share your story it just may take some time because once again, this is the first time we've ever done anything like this. And so we're still trying to work out some kinks, but yeah, but we are here. We're here for you. We're here to share your stories. When are you dropping the first issue? The plan was August 30th. Um, right now, our publisher is thinking we might be doing it a little bit later than August 30th. It's just when I started this, I had no idea <laughs> how difficult it was going to really be, but it's all learning. So we're all, you know, you don't learn unless you're making errors. So yes, we've definitely thought we were going to get it out in the spring last, in, <laughs> this past spring. And we were like, nope, coronavirus hit. So then that gotcha. put us back a lot. Yeah. The virus being in quarantine really affected us because a lot of people, we couldn't get our photographers to come out. And so, yeah, we're just trying to, we're trying to get it out by the end of summer. If we can't do that, then we're okay with the beginning of fall. There's really no expectation for us right now on a launch date, just because every time we try to set one, something happens. So we're just going to do our best to get it out in the next few months. I love that. That actually kind of is what's been happening with my podcast. Um, this one, I, so I co-host another podcast and getting guests 
while in quarantine has been kind of a disaster, but um, trying to reach out to people while they're not really sure what's going to be going on next week. Maybe don't even know if they're going to have a business open next week. I, it's been, (laughs) it's been kind of a disaster. And I got the idea for this podcast back in like December. So I've been working on it for like eight months. Yeah. Uh, It's a lot of work. So it's, (laughs) yes. So you guys are doing printed issues then? Yes. No, we're going to be a quarterly issue. We want to drop one, one every season. I love that. Where will people be able to find them? Will it only, you guys are in Oklahoma city, right? Yes, we are. So we're going to be a local publication. Our demographic is basically any woman that is 18 to 65, 75. We're going to probably try to eventually be all over the state for right now. We're going to go with locally and surrounding metro areas. Also Tulsa will be distributing in Tulsa and they'll just be, you know, any of the businesses that will be distributing to are going to be mostly like nail salons, like doctors offices anywhere where you sit down and you can really read this or grab it and just sit there and read up read about um, all these stories and then restaurants as well it'll be at restaurants local restaurants i love that so so many like publications are like online only right now because the print for lack of better words the print world is dying supposedly so <laughs> i love that you so i love that you guys are doing print issues i had a conversation with my dad's former boss who owned the newspaper that he worked at and he said he was like everyone keeps saying that all the newspapers are dying he's like yeah here we are we own seven in this area and we're thriving no i think that a lot of people think that and yeah they can think that all they want but in the, at the same you know t- at the same time people really do like to hold something in their hands and flip through it and it's you know i just i love journaling so i'm one to hold a book and and read it just write and that's i didn't want to take that away i wanted it to be a journal i wanted it to look like a like almost like a diary and this is just a bunch of women you know coming together to tell their story and I want you to be able to hold it and pass it down to your grandma or your mom or your sister or your best friend. If you read a story in there that you think that they would really relate to or need to hear, then go give it to them. Exactly. You try to send your grandma a PDF file before, there's no chance she's going to open that. No, she's going to know. She's going to respect it so much. I love print magazines and newspapers and stuff because that's how I make my vision boards. And with what you guys are doing, I'm like, I can foresee me like pulling stuff out of it and being like, this is going on the board. This is going on the board. I love that. I love that. Uh, All right. So let's shift gears a little bit and talk about some of the philanthropic work you guys mentioned. What do you have going on right now or coming up? that's one of our, uh, our very first event that we did. It's the student supply drive. Basically, we partnered up with eight locations in Oklahoma City. A few restaurants, grocery store. Coffee shop. Coffee shop. And they, we just decorated some boxes that we got donated. Got paint donated. Made them look really nice and pretty. Put our logo on them. And um, like I said, we distribute them around businesses. From the basically the whole month of July, we are taking school supplies and we're donating them to the school called Positive Tomorrows. They are a school that, that caters towards kids that are part of domestic violence and homelessness. And they basically set them up for success. They, they basically just give these kids a chance. And we also partnered up with the Comeback Kids Society, which, which is a, uh, another, local, another local organization. And they rehabilitate uh, juvenile and help them get ready for success. I love that. Are you going to continue doing like 
working with various organizations in your area? That's the goal. And that's the whole main reason of doing this. We knew that it was going to be small when we started off. Basically, this is just another way for us to get our name out there, showing that we're more than just a magazine that we want to be our, part of our community. We started, we started this magazine so that we can help way. people. Yeah, help people be part of something bigger than themselves. And there's nothing bigger than being a part of your community. Yeah. I love that so much. Is there, do you have like specific other organizations who you'd want to work with or like who's the dream to partner with? There's so many different opportunities with what we're doing. I think that we could do, I was, I've always wanted to do something with women in, you know, the, or what is the trafficking? There's, we have a huge, I think we're one of the biggest locations in the U.S. for trafficking women. And I wanted to work and do something with that. I know one woman in particular who has a, an amazing story with being traffic, trafficked, trafficked here at 15 years old. And I'm trying to get her to tell her story. And it's just, there's so many opportunities for us to link up with all of these organizations because of how many women have been abused or been homeless or single moms. There's so many organizations that we can relate to with just working with all the women who are telling their stories to us. And we have a lot of women who do actually (laughs) will write us a story and say, hey, can I send you a link for this organization for domestic violence or this, you know, and it's just the women who have submitted stories have also been so involved with us as well, who've been helping us. They've helped us, us as well, like get in contact with certain people because they're like, I love what you're doing. You're telling stories and hey, you need to really talk to this organization. <laughs> so it's just, it's all like just kind of a snowball effect right now. We're just kind of trying to catch up because it's just <laughs> been a lot and we didn't anticipate it blowing up like it has. So we're still learning, but yes, we would like to <laughs> definitely link up with as many organizations as we can. Definitely. Same way how we're, we're printing a uh, an issue every quarter. I would, uh, my goal is to be able to set us up doing some sort of charitable work yeah. at least once every three months just you know just something it doesn't always have to be the biggest thing or what everyone else is donating to but it just it's just, like i said if we can just Try be a part involved. of something bigger, yeah. yeah build a bigger table yeah <laughs> that. can we go back for a minute you said you're like one of the biggest like places for people to get trafficked through i've never uh-huh. i've never heard that that's and you guys aren't that far you're like two hours away from where i live where are you from right now i live kind of close to dallas but i don't think okay or maybe you are further than that i was like i was thinking you're only like two or three hours I'm 30 miles so, south of like the border, or I'm 10 miles south of the border. You know how in Oklahoma City, there's highway connect in like a T path and you're on I-40 and you're going towards OKC. There's a Walmart right there that is actually one of the most well-known Walmarts for being trafficked in Oklahoma because of that highway. It's such a quick, it's, it's quick access. You know, you have your semis coming and stopping there and taking a nap or whatever. And women are walking in by themselves. And you, I've had friends tell me, and I even had this happen when I was younger, probably about early twenties, where you'll be followed in that Walmart and you won't even know it. And they'll just be following you throughout the whole Walmart and they'll watch you. So you just got to be, you know, a lot of people who are from here know not to go if you're a woman by yourself late at night to that Walmart or even really just going by yourself at all. But that's that's just that one Walmart. But everyone, a lot of women know that it is I-35 and I-40 in OKC being, yeah, yeah that just, highway, just easy access. Just easy access. I mean, it's the same way for drugs in Oklahoma as well. Because yeah. of the fact that we have these two highways, that's the quickest way from, to get from one side of the country to another. So just, be, just because we have those two highways there, we just happen to be a, a hot spot exactly. for it yeah that is wild i had no idea i would have never thought 
Oklahoma. I would never thought trafficking, Oklahoma City. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no. Crazy. Yeah. I, there was a, the girl that I was talking about. She was 15. She actually got trafficked in Edmond, and she was 15 years old. And she went to 7-Eleven during the daytime at 1 p.m. And two guys came up behind her and put a cloth over her mouth and put her in the back of their van and took her all the way to California. And oh, yeah, it was crazy. Her mom actually found got her back because she hounded the police and she actually searched for her herself. But yeah, no, I mean it. It happens, and I've had women tell me that I need to contact that organization to see what they could do or if we could connect with them in some way. So that's I love that. No, I don't love the trafficking, but I love that <laughs> there's mm-hmm. there, there's organizations that are like. In your, like right in your area that you might help be able it. to, yeah, might be able to work with and help maybe make that not happen so much anymore. <laughs> yeah. Fruit, fruit awareness. You know, we could definitely put stuff in our magazine about how you can stay safe. How you can, you know, look out for those kinds of red flags when you're out at Walmart or, you know, wherever you're at, just look behind you or just yeah. keep an eye on your surroundings. I, when I was in college one of my good friends and I this happened to me too one of my good friends had a class that ended at like 9 45 p.m or whatever she was followed mm-hmm. to her car like three separate times and she was mm-hmm. would like call me and I'm like dude stay off your phone do not pick up the phone if you think you're being like I was like don't look oh, like you're God. distracted and don't walk to your car by yourself make a friend in the class yep <laughs> yeah because I had several classes that ended at like 10 p.m and I always made sure I had at least one friend in that class who would either walk with me to my car or like if they lived close they would be able to like walk home and give me a ride back or something. Oh man. Yeah. And see, I'm, I'm the one that was just like, I, back in the day I was, I just thought I was always invincible. So I just was the, the girl that would go walk the streets <laughs> in Ve- like, I, yeah, I've done some crazy in things. Vegas. As <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was fun to go walk around Vegas and talk to homeless people and write about it. <laughs> oh. I was, I was 19 and just, Riding the bus in Vegas, all around the city at odd hours in the night. I thought that I was invinci- like invincible, and then I got basically stalked for a while by an ex-boyfriend, and so that kind of did. Oh, <laughs> that, that kind of takes yeah. you down a notch. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm like laughing about it, like it's funny, but I mean it's good now. It was like oh. ten years ago, or not, maybe not ten, but five ish. See, and I know so many people women who go through that so that's it's just great there's so many stories that women can tell like you could tell that story right there (laughs) i i was actually talking to one of my good friends who's in the military and we were talking about like the rates of sexual assault and stuff like that like directly in connection with like the vanessa gillian case that came out of fort hood and she was like i don't know a single woman that's like in the military that hasn't at least been sexually harassed and then told not to do anything about it and i was like thinking about it and i'm like i don't really i was like i don't know a single woman period that hasn't been sexually harassed and told not to do something about it and, and that's wild <laughs> see and that's what and i wasn't gonna like whenever i was working about cannabis magazine which i will never ever mention their name but i was all that's what made me quit was because i just felt so uncomfortable being the only woman working for them they were military guys and you know it was just gross the way that they would talk to me or touch me you know and thought they thought it was okay but i knew it wasn't i just wanted i just got a position handed to me that i never thought i would ever have so i just thought i just gotta put up with it and you know then i just kind of started waking up in cold sweats and realizing this isn't for me it was uncomfortable and that's when i like put in my resignation i was like i'm gonna start something for women because screw men right now (laughs) they don't get what they're doing so wrong i'm always so curious about like 
if it's a genuine, like not understanding that it makes somebody uncomfortable or if it's just not caring or if it's some somewhere in the middle. Or maybe it's just their instinct and they don't even un- like, yeah, they don't get it. Yeah. They don't get it. I don't- <laughs> I'll say I, okay. So I really, really hate the, it's an instinct thing. Cause it may like, I'm like, okay, we as women are expected to control everything. Like we're expected to dress nicely, but not too nicely. Otherwise we're being, we're trying to be sexy or exactly. what, like whatever it is, but then men are only acting on instinct. They don't have to play by the rules. And I'm like, Mm, they they're not animals they can control themselves (laughs) yep yeah i feel you and that right when you said that i was thinking for a second i was like that's probably why i don't dress dress like i used to anymore because i think that it was just getting those looks for so long just makes you feel so uncomfortable you just you just stop you don't want to you don't want to show any kind of cleavage or booty nothing tight fitting clothes nah (laughs) i have finally i don't want to say i've like given up caring because that's not true but like in general i'm like okay my t-shirt has cleavage or my tank top has cleavage whatever but i'm also with somebody my partner is like he's i don't want to say he's like quick to call people out if they're looking because he's doesn't care if people look but if anyone like talks tries to like talk to me or tries to like grab me he's not about it he's like absolutely we're not doing that (laughs) oh for sure (laughs) jeez yeah so that yeah, helps. <laughs> definitely. And, and when you're by your, when you're single, you're like, uh, you know, you don't have that. Yeah. And it's difficult. And especially owning a business now, girl, I've, I've had to talk to Ricky so many times about like, what do I wear? Like if I'm going here and there, like, should I go like get somebody to style me? <laughs> Cause like, I, I just, I'm such a, I guess my style is just like flannel, uh, Birkenstocks and, you know, shorts with a V-neck, you know, that's my style. And he's, he jokes with me because he's like, you'll never make anyone feel like like they have to try too hard to be around you because you just don't really have like a style, a certain style. And I was like, so are you trying to say it on fashion? Like we joke about this to this day. <laughs> but he's like, no, you're just so chill. You don't really, you don't look like you're just trying too hard or you're, yeah. And it was just like, cool, well, dope. At least I'm going to make all our people feel comfortable, you know? <laughs> but I maybe I should that. step it up a little bit. <laughs> you're like, maybe I could be like fashionably chill. <laughs> Yeah, I think you do a decent job. I uh, yeah, I still I got my vans. You know, I still wear my vans and my shorts, my flannel. It's comfy. It's cozy. I say it's coming back. The flannels. Oh yeah, are, they're making a comeback uh, for sure. Although I don't know that they ever went out because I was wearing them the whole time. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just didn't stop. What is some advice you would give to someone who wants to like start their own publication or who wants to be involved with? somebody else's art publication but they've like never touched writing or art or publication like at all I would I would think that if they wanted to get into that they have a talent for writing at least even though they've never done it before they've they're obviously passionate about that in some way whether the art aspect or writing so hopefully they are they have that talent in some way because I don't think you could go into doing this without having that but I would say if you do have it, just go for it and use your resources that you have. Ask people for help because I've learned doing this that when I first started, I didn't want to ask anyone for help because I wanted people to think I could do it on my own. And I wanted I didn't want people to look at me and, and think I had no idea what I was doing when really that's okay. And it's okay to ask for help and for people to understand that you don't know what the heck you're doing right now. And so help me. <laughs> but if you have a vision and you're passionate about it, 
just don't give up and continue. And that's the biggest thing I've learned doing this. And I, I think Ricky would say the same. It's yeah. just there's moments where we wanted to give up because it's been overwhelming a little bit, but you just can't because you just, you know, what you're doing is so good and you feel it in you. You just keep going. You just got to keep going. And then meeting people along the way who are also entrepreneurs like us who've been like, girl, you just got to keep going, just go, keep going. And, and we learned it after going through it, that that's not just like a cliche statement, <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> yeah. From everyone, it's just, oh, just keep going. What's the next step? Well, do that. Get yeah. It done. Do not give up because if you give up, you'll never know what you could have accomplished. So, you know, at least if you do it and you fail, you failed, but you tried. Yeah. I feel like starting a business, at least in like the creative industry, like in some way, is just all cliches. It's like, fake it till you make it. Girl, I said just that to him in the car. <laughs> I literally said to Ricky in the car, I said, you know, there's moments where there's going to be something that's so easy for us to just to execute. And we just got to execute it in the most professional way possible. But if we don't even know what we're doing, just fake it. Because you got to fake it until you make it. Because <laughs> really, no one's going to know unless you, you really just make yourself look like you don't know what the heck you're doing. <laughs> just fake it. <laughs> yeah, we... So on the other podcast that I co-host, it's um, a creatives podcast. And one of the things that we talk a lot about is imposter syndrome. And it's a strong, constant struggle between like feeling like, okay, I don't belong here. And the fake it till you make it mentality. It's like constantly like a wrestling match. And you're like, who's, <laughs> who's going to win? Do I belong here? Am I fake? What do I do? And you know, I'm going to tell you one of my favorite podcasts to listen to actually is Girl Boss. I love Sophia Maruso because she's been my actual inspiration. Um, when I watched Girl Boss on Netflix years ago, I, I think that's honestly what, what drew me into the artistic field really, because it was just seeing her life. I don't know if you've ever seen Girl Boss on Netflix. No, you need to really okay. watch it. it. It's so good. It's about a 24 year old girl who starts an eBay, a fashion a clothing yeah. store on, eBay. on eBay. Like she takes vintage clothes and sells them, like redo redoes them a little bit or, you know, spits them up a little bit, you know, whatever. And then like sells them. And she started that in 2000. I believe. And now she's in her thirties and she's, she has a podcast. She has a YouTube channel that she gets. They have the girl boss retreat. Yeah. They have a girl boss retreat and it's just all. And she always asks, do you feel like you have imposter syndrome? She asks every woman on her podcast, how do you get over that? And every single one of them says, you, you really don't, you don't really ever get over it. And Sophia is the first to tell you, she still is not over her imposter. She still has imposter syndrome and she's so successful. And it's crazy to hear her say that. But I think it's just, that's how we all feel. I don't think you ever really get into your career and you that goes away because you're always learning. You're always trying new things and you're always surrounded by people who maybe you think know more than you or are better at their career than you or they're more established, but really they probably feel the same exact way that you do. <laughs> that's been one of like the best things about, it's not, it's not super new, but like this idea of like community over competition and like the idea that like the other creatives that are like physically close to you in your community are probably dealing with a lot of the same issues as you so like you should all talk about them together whether exactly. you're a photographer a writer jewelry crafter a woodworker like you're probably all feeling a lot of the same things and that's been one of the ways I know like it's been easier for me to deal with my own issues about like do I actually belong here doing this in both in the creative industry and outside the creative industry that I work in has just been having like other people be like, no, no, I'm dealing with this too. And you definitely like, this is your seat at the table. You earned your spot. Yeah. I mean, that's why Oklahoma city is so awesome right now. Cause we have, we are a very young creative city compare us to 
Denver or Dallas or anything like that. They've had their art districts. They've had their magazine. They've already done this before. We are basically brand new to this. Just yeah. with the amount of how many entrepreneurs there are. I mean, if you're in Oklahoma City, you see a new restaurant or a new bar almost every week. It's We really are. We're trying to do something different. We're trying to be creative. We're trying to take that next step. Yeah. And um, locals in Oklahoma City love locals. So... That's the cool thing about the city I'm in, because if I, I can't tell you if I was in Las Vegas, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to start something like this and it to blow up like it has if I was in Las Vegas, because they have, they already have so many women doing their, you know, things similar to this or, you know, what if there's somebody in LA doing something similar to this actually, but she's not a local publication. Um, she's called for women who roar. So if you ever have a chance to look her up, she's amazing. Her name is Megan February. And she, we actually came across her from one of our writers a couple months ago. She said, hey, have you seen um, Megan February, her, uh, her publication in L.A., and it's called For Women Who Roar. She's basically doing something very similar to you guys. So I looked her up, and I told Ricky immediately, and I was like, oh, my gosh, Ricky, this is literally a roadmap for us. She's doing the exact same thing. And I freaked out, and I was like, oh, my gosh, what if she thinks we stole our idea? And then Ricky was like, Kylie, if anything, she's empowering women, so she's probably going to be super stoked that somebody else came up with an idea similar and is trying to execute that in another state, such as Oklahoma versus California. Well, so, and like as someone personally who loves collaborating and okay, so I'm, I'm a photographer. So obviously there's a lot of other creative photographers around, but just because like somebody else also shoots weddings and also shoots families there, that doesn't mean that like, I can't support them and be happy for them that their business is thriving. Exactly. Um, there's enough for everybody, <laughs> especially, exactly. I feel, yeah, especially I feel like when you're doing publishing stuff, it's like, okay. Even if you guys had access only to the same 10 artists that you wanted to use, you, they would still be different because you produce differently. Exactly. And, you know, with what we're doing, I feel like with what Megan February is doing and what we're doing, I think it's definitely needed right now in the time we're in. And it's just time for women to come together and support one another. Because another thing I didn't get to talk about was just growing up and being bullied by women, you know, throughout high school and feeling like it was competitive all the time. And, man. And I just wish that this would have been something we could have had back then where you could be in high school and know that there's a journal out there in your state that's supporting women. And one day you can be a part of that. And I think that if these young, young girls get a, get a hold of this magazine one day and they get to read these stories, they're going to see that like what they're going through right now, all of us went through. And how can we, how can we help them to understand that this is, there's a better way showing you that you're not alone you're not alone and you know one day you're gonna come up and you're gonna bloom and you're gonna realize that all these experiences you went through will, will make you who you are and give you that empowering feeling i guess of just like okay well i'm gonna do better because i know that i wasn't i didn't treat it the way i wanted to but i know that i i'm gonna be better oh. for other women as these young girls come up and as they you know turn 18 or 19 or whatever I just feel like that's the moment that you start to really find yourself and realize like what you went through in high school um, really starts to shape you and how you're going to use that as, in your adulthood. I think that with our journal, I really hope to show these young girls that you don't have to let that experience that you went through with the bullying or whatever affect you in a negative way. You can use that to empower other women and to show them that, hey, 
this happened to me, but let's be better. Let's be different. Let's try to support women. Let's come together. And that's really why I did. I want this to be out there is because, you know, it's time for women to understand, like we need to, we're here for each other. (laughs) And we all have been through crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. And so let's just bring that all together in a platform and support one another, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I love that. And I remember, so when I, and it wasn't so it wasn't bullying, but I was going through like a really rough time in my like long-term high school relationship. And I was like coming into like coming into class every day. Like my face was swollen because I was like just crying so much. I was so upset. And I had one female teacher who took notice and she was like the teacher that like nobody really liked. And, but she like took notice that like something was clearly going on with me. And I, she wasn't a teacher that I had that year. And she like pulls me into her office for office hours and I was like, hey, I know something's going on. Clearly, you don't want to talk about it. But here's a book. And um, it was the, I don't remember, I wish I remember what book it was, but it was like life-changing. And it like showed me like, okay, if you see something going on with somebody, talk to them, reach out to them. And I think that like, especially during those high school years, it's shitty. It is like, your hormones are raging. Your relationships are like, are how much are you friends because you really like each other? How much are you friends? Cause you see each other five days a week. And I wish I could just like take all of the high school girls who just have like so much going on and middle school girls who have so much going on and like give them a big hug and say, I promise it gets better. Oh yeah. And it's so, so cliche to have to say that, but you know, if I could look back at my life in high school and all of the bullying I, and seeing the women who bullied me now, <laughs> it's just crazy. Cause it's, you know, I hate saying it, but karma and, you know, know, you see those women, you see those women now and you're like, man, you get it. You, you kind of get what people would say. Like it gets better. Those people won't matter after high school, you know, and it's so true. And I just, I get excited because back then when I always would go into school hoping to make friends and that, you know, these women would, you know, support me or whatever. Cause I went through the same thing I was going through, um, just guy stuff in high school and the girls didn't like me because of the guys that liked me and that was just so wrong and I hated that I didn't do anything wrong I just they liked me and I didn't do anything you know and you couldn't help that and it's just competitive and instead of that I just wish we would have just come together collectively and just supported one another and just been like yeah like I'm here for you man (laughs) you know yes can I ask how old you are what years you were in high school I am 30 I'll be 31 in August I graduated in 08 I'm 27. My birthday is July 28th and I graduated in 2010. Oh my gosh. That is my best friend's birthday, July 28th. Um, <laughs> happy, wow. old, happy early birthday. She's the same age. She graduated at the same time as you did. I mean, wow. I was a year, I was a year behind her. So we were kind of all in high school, like around the same time. And my younger sister, who is seven years younger than I am. So she just turned 20. She said that there at her school, there's like a lot more of like, everyone was kind of banding together. And I think that that's one of the really good things that social media has done kind of shown. It's like a platform where people can be a little bit more vulnerable. And I think there's, while there is a lot, a lot more of like bad stuff going on in schools. I also think there's a lot more of good stuff where maybe there's not as much bullying over, I don't know. Art. I don't want to say dumb stuff. Cause it was like, my boyfriend likes her. That was so important when you're 15, but. Oh, for sure. It's not it wouldn't be relevant as a 27 year old. 
I wouldn't be like, my fiance has a crush on her. I don't want to be her friend. Like, I don't care. <laughs> right. And I think that now with social media, just even seeing, you know, what has been going on with, I think, what it was it, the Twitter thing with President Trump that happened and all these kids coming together and buying tickets for oh, some, the TikTok, the TikTok yeah. thing, oh, you know? Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, in a way, social media is definitely helping us come together more than ever before with this younger generation. And I'm actually pretty stoked about, you know, our generation, whenever the older, like 50, 60, 70 year olds kind of start to retire and then we take over because I feel like we definitely are going to be more loving and accepting for our generation because of just how diverse we are and how accepting that we are through social media right now and how we're all getting on our Instagram posting women who have stretch marks and saying, you know, accept this, this is still beautiful. And that's something that never happened before because we didn't have the means of doing that. We didn't have the means to put out there that, hey, let's change the stigma on this. On Like, that's what I want to do with the magazine is I want to start getting all these tough subjects out there and talk about more because that's what we have we have a platform to be able to do that so why not help women to change stigmas tied to certain things and let's just talk about it because we didn't have that before they didn't do stuff like that exactly there was only a handful of people at a certain time that got to tell the world what was beautiful social media has once again like how you say it's opened that up like we beautiful you are beautiful in your own way and once again like she said dude social media there are definitely some things that come with it that are bad, but you get a voice, you get a platform, and that's something that everyone deserves. Yeah, for sure. I love that. What are you most proud of, like, ever in your whole entire life? Ooh, this one's difficult. Go um, for it, I, I got a couple things. I would say one I'm very proud of my mom, especially since I've been working at this Women's Journal. Got to realize, like, how much sacrifice that she gave up. She was a teenage mom, single teenage parent. And at the time, all I, all I saw was just, like, being a poor kid trying to figure out his way through school, like being jealous of these other things. But I, I didn't realize, um, I did realize how much my mom loved me, but I didn't realize how much that mattered in comparison of someone else's life just because they have more things than you. With that being said, I, I'm also very proud of us. I'm going to be honest, I've seen Kylie grow so much just from the beginning, just the way uh, the way she expresses herself now, the way she is excited about something, <laughs> the way that the way she's come out of her shell. Like we're both extroverts, but we have a very we're very in, we have a lot of introvert Tendis, tendencies, tendencies, yeah, exactly. And just to watch just to watch her the way she now she's so confident with talking to people and putting smiles on people's faces and like yeah, between those two women, I'm uh, those are probably oh. my two things I'm proud of. Oh, I love that. Oh, that makes me so happy. Um, so I would say that, you know, I'm pretty proud of, well, so I'm going to kind of sound selfish in saying this, but I'm, I guess I'm proud of how far I've come because like Ricky said, like we both, we kind of both came from rough backgrounds. You know, we didn't really have things handed to us in life. We, I, we did both went to college, but then we dropped out and we were in the service industry for the last 12 years of our life. And I believe that with the service industry, that really taught us a lot about interpersonal skills and just how to work your butt off and how to um, work for what you, what you have and no one else, you know, being there to hand that to you. So doing what we're doing right now, having no roadmap really, and just doing this all on our own trial and error i'm so proud of the nine months that we've spent doing this and who we are now because girl it's just it's gro it you're growing through this and it's crazy because 
you really do become a better person. I guess we've just become better versions of ourselves by doing this. Like it's crazy how this magazine has helped us when we're trying to help women, but it's definitely helped us. It's taught us how to just be more organized, how to talk to people. It's taught us how to have a relationship as being business partners, because a lot of times that's really difficult when you spend so much time with somebody and just having to learn from, you know, our little arguments that we'll have with one another and like, you know, apologizing right away. Learning, learning to admit when you're wrong. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, giving it up to the other person when they do something good. And those, no. those little things. So that's definitely like, I'm proud of how far him and I have both come in this. It's definitely been so exciting watching us grow. And that's my proudest moment, honestly, because I've never done anything like this. I've never had something to put all of my effort into and my whole life and to do something that is a passion project that we aren't getting paid for. And yet I, Ricky constantly is working every day without being paid right now. And, you know, it's just awesome to see his passion and his drive. And I don't know, it's just everything about it. I'm just so proud of us. And I can't wait to watch us just grow more and more. So yeah, that's what I'm proud of. <laughs> I love that. And I don't think that it's selfish to say that you're proud of what you've accomplished. I think that that's actually like a really, really good thing to like, look back at and be like, I did this. And it was great. It's awesome. And I learned a lot. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, you don't you just never think that like you could do something like that on your own. And then when you start to see the progress, you're just like, holy crap, we're doing it. And you just don't even realize because it's like a snowball effect. You just got to catch up because it just keeps going and you're just chasing after it. <laughs> That's how we felt when we, so the other podcast that I co-host, we've been, we started planning about a year ago now. It, we started planning in July and we launched the last week of August or maybe it was the last week of September. But I think it was the last week of August. And that's how we kind of felt. We're like, don't 100% know what we're doing, but we are doing it. And <laughs> Yeah. And myself and my co-host, we've just like, and we've talked about it. We're like, man, we've like grown so much and we, it's a creative focused, a creative interview focused podcast. So we like interview other creatives about like what they're doing and everything. And so it, we just like, we've learned so much from talking to other people and there's three of us. So we also have like with combined probably about 25 years in the industry. So we just like have a lot to share with other people too, that we can teach them about specifically about photography or about running a business. So it's been, that's what I would also say is like, wow, we've really grown, grown through it. Isn't it such a good feeling too, to just, I mean, yeah, to see your growth. It's crazy. Cause I've just, I've never been in anything. Like, I've never done something to where I could see that growth like that. It's it's insane to me. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's so great. <laughs> Thank you. What do you think you would be doing if you weren't doing this? Trying to finish my degree. <laughs> yeah, probably doing the same. Trying to figure out, go back to school and just keep doing that thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tell Ricky sometimes, I'm like, man, you know, this kind of makes me feel better about my future because I just had no, I had no idea what I wanted to do in school. I kept going in and switching my major so many times. I had no idea. I didn't want to be a nine to five corporate woman. I, that's not what I wanted. And it was really difficult for me to figure out what job I wanted. So it was either going to, I was always wanting to think, you know, wanting to get into 
something creative. And so to be able to do something like this without college has just been such a blessing because honestly, you don't really hear about that kind of stuff often where people can start something like that and they didn't, they don't have a degree. So I think that's, what's really exciting to be able to, once this, you know, in a year or two years from now, and we're established more than we are now, I think that that's, what's going to be so exciting for young girls is to see us move in that direction without having that degree and to see that hey you can do something with your life even if you didn't go to college you yeah. can be something successful. yeah I it was for sure pushed on me and I grew up in rural northern California but it was for sure like pushed on me like okay after high school you go to college and then you get a job or after high school you go in the military then you go to college then you get a job like those were like <laughs> the two either that or if you didn't go to college you were going to be a loser who never left this the town exactly and there was like no other option. So I went to college, I graduated. And while I was in college, I met somebody who had their high school diploma. And even now he's still, and he's my fiance now, but he out earns me. He doubles what I make and he has no college education. Dope. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he, and he's hands down, probably the most intelligent, smartest person that I know. He just like, he worked and he works with his hands. So he's right now, he manages the ranch that we live on. He did. He was doing construction for a while before we moved here. He can fix literally anything. It's great. <laughs> I, I heavily respect that. One of them. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm the type of girl. I'm like, I want a man who knows how to work with his hands. That's always something that I've been heavily attracted to versus somebody who works, you know, as a, a lawyer or something, you know, like if you can fix something and you're Mr. Fix it, I want you. Girl, find yourself a cowboy. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's yeah. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, when then when we first got together, he was managing a hunting ranch down near San Antonio. So he but he has just done like a little bit of everything. He can fix anything. He can build anything. My mom, that was my mom's like single piece of advice to me when like looking for someone who would be my life partner is like she was like, don't ever marry somebody who doesn't know their way around to Home Depot better than you do. So true. I'm like, that's so true. I, I was recently dating a guy who was a, car a carpenter and I was just like, he can literally do everything. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's great. All right. Where can we find you online? Social, like your social media, your website. So our website is the okay women's journal.com and our Instagram is just okay women's journal. And then our Facebook is the same as our Instagram, OK Women's Journal. And I believe the Twitter, Twitter, Twitter is the same as well. Same, OK Women's Journal. Perfect. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good rest of your day, you guys. You, you too. too. Thanks. See ya. <laughs> Bye. See ya. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed the episode, please feel free to connect with me on social media. One more time, it's at Ranch Collective Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And subscribe to the podcast to get new episodes as soon as they're released. See you next week.